Welcome to the Rural Revival Podcast. I'm your host, Dana Larson. This week, we're in Fairfax, Oklahoma with Emily Myers of Lantana, Maine. Emily is a ranch wife and mom who crafts Western handmade bags out of her home on the ranch. From an internship at Fort Worth Stockyards to a job at Miranda Lambert's Pink Pistol Store, she's sharing about the journey that led to Lantana Made. Since starting her business, she's put her own mark on the Western fashion world, and today she's telling us all about it. So here we go with Emily Myers. All right, well, we're here today with Emily Myers of Lantana Made that is now newly based out of Fairfax, Oklahoma. Emily, thanks for being on the podcast. Yeah, thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Well, tell us a little bit about you and growing up in Oklahoma. I grew up in central Oklahoma. I was raised on a modest farm. We um, we raised foundation quarter horses and limousine cattle. And my parents um, raised us showing horses and judging horses. And as busy as what we were with that, I didn't go to school. I was homeschooled, which is, you know, kind of back then it wasn't nearly as popular as what it is now. And uh, a lot of people ask me like, well, didn't you miss going to school? And I, I, I didn't know any difference. So like, how, you know, I didn't, I didn't miss anything. And uh, they kept us really busy in activities, church functions, horse shows, judging contests. And I feel like my brother and sister and I were really socialized, and whenever I got to college, I was fully prepared because when you're homeschooled, you teach yourself pretty much, so you already know how to study. That's true. That is an advantage. Yeah. I struggled with that myself, (laughs) so. Well, where did you go then from college? Did you kind of have an idea of what you wanted to go into? Yes. I knew that I wanted to go into interior design. My dad has his own construction company, and My brother, who's eight years older than me, was in construction management. And so I thought, like, how can I kind of go into that but also, like, use my creativity? And that was interior design. So I started down that path. And uh, about a year into school, I met my now husband. And he was in a degree that was, like, completely the opposite end of the spectrum from me. And uh, we started dating and it got more and more serious and I was more and more into interior design and I really liked it. But uh, we we kind of sat down and, and talked about like values and what we wanted our life to kind of be like. And uh, when we did that, what we had in common is we wanted to raise our kids on a ranch. And um, he was going to school for animal science. And uh, so I always wanted that my my papa, um, he was actually a ranch manager. And so that was like in my background and I grew up, you know, on a farm, not, I wouldn't necessarily call it a ranch, but, um, I always wanted that lifestyle. And so of course, with that, um, you're going to live in a rural community. And I just thought like, you know, I love this design stuff, but where am I going to live close enough to a big city to be able to get the kind of job that I want? So I decided to switch after two years of interior design. I switched to merchandising, which a lot of people, whenever they think merchandising, they think of visual merchandising. And, you know, that is right. You know, that is part of it. But the other part of it is learning how to become like an overall merchant. So you're learning the buying aspects of it. You're learning um, how to run a retail store just all the way around. And so it was more business. 
which was fantastic what, for what I ended up doing because obviously all, you know, the, the two years that I was in design was so important because all aspects of design, like the elements of it are the same, no matter what you're designing. And so I was able to take that from what I learned there and then also for what the business part of it was and kind of, I guess, merge the two together for Lantana Mate. I love that. Well, I know part of that experience, or maybe it was right after college, you got to intern at the Fort Worth Stockyards. Yes, ma'am, I did. So um, in 2013, um, Evan and I kind of, we remained dating, but we both encouraged each other to do, like, to pursue our dreams. So I actually studied abroad in Greece, and then he was on a um, a summer works wagon in Arizona, and uh so we that was like a whole summer thing and then we got back and I needed an internship to be able to graduate and it was just required and I had gone to the Fort Worth stockyards with um friends for a bachelorette party and we went into Rio Rio's interiors and um I remember walking through the door and just like being amazed like this is what I want to do with my life like a, a light bulb like turned on like this is amazing I want to work here and so whenever I was brainstorming for uh, internships ideas, I was like, well, duh, you know, that's where I need to go. And uh, so I called them and they didn't have an internship program, but I was like, well, let's make one, you know, like have me, please. I, I want to come. And, and um, Carla, the manager, you know, she really made me work for it. Like I was even, <laughs> I was even, uh, you know, pursuing other options while I was still pursuing that because I was like, I don't know if it's going to happen. But I kept calling and kept calling and uh, I ended up getting it. And I was like, I don't care what you pay me. Like, just make sure that I can afford the gas there. Because at the time, my sister lived near Fort Worth. So it was just like perfect, you know. And uh, so I started there and uh I think it doesn't take very long, you know, conversating with me to realize like that I'm the opposite of furniture salesman. (laughs) (laughs) And so she really took me under her wing. And what I realized is if you really want to sell high end things, you don't need to be a furniture salesman. Like you need to be authentic. You need to sell a story. You need to sell things that you believe in. And Carla taught me how to be that way and how to establish relationships with customers and which made them, you know, continue to return. And within the two months that I was there, like once I learned how to do that, it was just like this huge door opened up to a complete understanding of like, seriously, how you can sell a $15,000 couch. You know, like when you walk into a place like that, it's like, you know, do people really spend this on furniture? And Yes, they do if you explain to them why it is worth that much. So that that was fun. What an amazing experience. It, it really was. It was very invaluable to what I do now because um, it introduced me to this, to high-end Western retail and, um, you know, the people in that world, and, and that's amazing. Wow. Well, at this point, did you have any hint of an idea of starting a business to do what you do now? No, I wanted to stay there. <laughs> I, I loved it. I loved it. And um, actually, I, I thought that I was going to be able to stay there. And uh, Evan was, at that time, he was going to, to TCU, to the ranch management program there. And um, we, I just had it all in my mind that, you know, he was going to find a job in Fort Worth and I was going to keep working there. 
because I, I just, I loved it so much, and I was good at it, too. I, I mean, I really was, and they wanted me to come back. I had a standing job offer, and uh, I went back to OSU. I finished my last semester, and instead of walking down the, the um, stage to get my diploma, I walked down the aisle and married Evan. Nice. So, yes, which, of course, I graduated. I got my diploma. I just didn't walk. But um, from there, like the month before we, it was two months before we got married, we still didn't know we were, where we were going to be. And um, we were going on a ton of job interviews. And um, we actually took a job in Nebraska, which both of us are from Oklahoma. And the winters in Nebraska are much more severe than yes. Oklahoma. So I think that we were both like, okay, we're going to do this. But we were a little scared about it. And um, whenever Terry Force found out, his then boss, he was working in Warwick at the, on the Stewart Ranch, and um, she found out that we had took a job in Nebraska, and she said, oh, you guys need to stay in Oklahoma, and I'm going to open up a camp job for you in Caddo. And so we were both pretty relieved, and uh, we moved to Caddo. And then from there, um, I was there about two weeks, and I was like, I've because Evan was just like, take your time, you know, find a job. And Caddo, there's not a whole lot going on. And um, Durant was the closest town from there. And I took a bank job. And while I was at that bank, you know, going to school for, for what I went to school for, this creative path, you know, it was nothing against bank jobs, but I hated it yes. real bad. <laughs> and uh, so I really needed a creative outlet. And I ordered some Navajo blankets. Just, I didn't really even have an idea as to what I was gonna do with them, but you know, I was designing our house or whatever, getting it all set up, being a homemaker and a wife. And uh, I also ordered some really neat Southwestern upholstery fabric and I was gonna make some pillows for our couch. Well, when I got it in, I was like, this is really cool. Like, I think I might wanna try to make a bag for myself out of it or something. And I didn't even have a sewing machine. And so I just did it by hand. And uh, I started carrying it. And people asked me if, like, where I got it. And when I said, I make them, they were like, well, will you make me one? And I was like, you know, I, you would want it? <laughs> you, would, <laughs> you, would, you would pay money for this? And uh, so that's what really got the wheels turning on it because it was like, you know, I hate this bank job, and people would actually pay money for what I'm just making with a needle and thread. So uh, from there, um, the I kind of got the idea of it, and uh, then actually a, a friend that I made at the bank, she grew up in Tishomingo, which Tishomingo at the time is where the pink pistol was, and there was a job opening there, and she told and she knew I hated the bank. And she told me, um, I think that you need to call this number. And I was like, why do I need to call this number? And she was like, because they have a job opening. And I was like, who is this? And she was like, just call the number and talk to them. And I'll tell them that you're going to call. So I didn't really know what it was whenever I was calling. I just knew that it was like more creative than what I was doing at the time. And she told me, look up this website. And so I did. And I was like, is this Miranda Lambert's store? And she was like, yes. And I was like, I am in. Like, sign <laughs> me up. And uh, so I called the manager, um, Stacy Addison. 
and I um, set up an interview and um, went to the interview and it was it was really cool. It was a really cool opportunity to work there for the time that I did. I was um, the visual merchandiser and then I helped with buying also. And then I worked there about eight months and um, Evan and I got the opportunity to move here to Osage County. And I think we had been dating about two years and he bought a horse here in Osage County. And I'd never been, like I lived in Oklahoma, but I'd never been. And if you'd asked me then, I'd have told you there's no pretty parts of Oklahoma. <laughs> <laughs> and so we drove to Hominy to pick up that horse. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is this can't be Oklahoma. This is beautiful. And so when we got that opportunity to move here, it was like a no brainer. And in that time that I'd worked at the Pink Pistol, I'd kept you know, mulling over the idea of my own business. And so I saved up money and I bought myself a leather sewing machine like in that time. And um, so whenever we moved here and I'll add this, I we lived in Caddo and Tishomingo was about an hour drive and which was gonna be that way no matter what for what I was, you know, for what kind of job that I was hunting. And I really hated I hated the commute because I loved the lifestyle that we we're living, but I did not get to enjoy it at all, especially in the winter. I mean, you're getting home after dark, you know, you're leaving early in the morning, getting home after dark. And I was like, well, you know, we, we sat down and, um, we had decided, you know, to, that we were going to live this lifestyle and I'm not a part of it. So what can I do to fulfill myself, to be a part of this lifestyle and also like raise babies one day? And, um, so when we got here, I was like, I'm, I'm going to try this. Like what's stopping me at this point? You know, I'm a ranch wife, so we got a home, you know, that's how ranch jobs are. You're, you know, you get a home and you don't have to worry about a whole lot of like, you know, electric bills and stuff like that. So I was like, what a, what a great time to just jump into this and see how it goes. And if I fail, then I'll go get a job. Yeah. And so I, I, uh, sat down at my sewing machine and I just started building. And actually, I built my first five purses with that upholstery fabric that I had bought for the pillows. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So I did that. And uh, it took me three weeks to build five purses and um, a lot of tears. I didn't know what I was doing. I guess the, a little bit of background in, in sewing for me is like, my mom is a great seamstress. She spent a lot of time with my great grandma and um, learning how to sew. And so I had the basis of how to do it and how to work a sewing machine. But um, working with leather and building a handbag in general, like knowing the steps to take to do that, I was completely oblivious. So it's been a lot of trial and error. And so I built those five bags. I put them online and uh, they sold, which was just like, whoa, I mean, like maybe this can work. I mean, I live to see another day. And um, so I just kept going from there and, um, you know, started taking custom orders. And I would just take anything that I could get at that point. And uh, really, it just, it went from there. Wow. So you started online. Did you have a name or did you go through like Etsy? Okay. So, um, no, I did not go through Etsy. Oh, so whenever we were still in Caddo, actually I worked with, um, another ranch wife 
from the Stewart Ranch at the Pink Pistol, and so we would commute together. And she had a dream of starting her own silversmith business, too, so we would talk about it back and forth. And then we threw names back and forth, and I, you know, cactuses are a huge deal and have been for a few years, so I was, like, trying to come up with something like that. And it was not me. It just wasn't working. And I love butterflies. I always have. Like, since I was tiny, when I was seven, I gave a speech on butterflies. And it's just been something, I don't know, it's everybody has their own symbol, and that's kind of mine. And so I was trying to think of something that sounded kind of southwestern, but was also, I don't know, true to me, too. And um, I love the lantana flowers, and lantana flowers attract butterflies more than any flower that I'd ever seen. So I liked that name. And then, actually, what finished naming my company was, like, needing to get it LLC'd. And like the names that were available, my uh, father-in-law actually helped me with that. And and I had a few different options. And from those options, he was like, well, this is kind of what we could do that isn't taken. And I was like, wow, I love that. So Lantana Maine, it is. Perfect. So you started online. How did you get the word out? I went to trade show after trade show. Okay. Um, The first year, it was just like on the road constantly. The first and second year, I would say, um, I handed out a ton of business cards. Um, I made bags and gave them out for free. And that was kind of hard to do, like to influencers and stuff like that. And that was kind of hard to do because... Uh, you know, you, it does, it's, you spend a lot of hours on these, you know, uh-huh. and you never know if that is, that's going to, um, pay you back, you know, but it did, it really did taking those chances. Wow. So you're on the trade show circuit selling purses. Was there a moment where it kind of took off? You, do you feel like, um, I, okay. So I feel like with this job, it is so unconventional you know and and when you go to school for something that you love for five years it's just like you think you're going to get a job in that field and then whenever that didn't happen it was this constant uh, question of am I doing the right thing and I feel like God really led me down the path that I am today and I would say the day that I felt like it was like a sign from the Lord that I was doing what I should have been doing is when um cowgirl magazine um they did an article on me online and I could have passed out. (laughs) I really could have. It was just like, here I am in Hominy, Oklahoma, working my tail off. And I didn't know if it was being recognized. And then there it was an article with my bags saying, and I'm pretty sure it was like the title, a new designer we love. And I could have fell over. And at that point I, I really thought like, here, I'm doing it, you know, I'm, I'm doing it and this is what I'm meant to do. Yeah. And since then, I mean, now you've been featured in magazines like Cowboys and Indians, Western Horse and Gun, Chrome, and like you mentioned, you've had a lot of Western influencers promoting your products. I mean, what has that done for your business? I think that it, it took it from, um, I guess it, it launched it into a, um, it was a serious designer type bag. You know, um, I worked endlessly on creating a product that I would be proud of. And, I, you know, whenever you sit down and you think, what can I bring differently to the table? Um, I just, I wanted to make sure that I, that I was different. And what I noticed 
with bags, handmade bags that were on the market is a lot of them didn't have an interior. And so I thought, how can I create a bag that when I'm sitting at a trade show and someone walks up to look at it, they look at, I mean, what's the first thing that a lady does when they see a bag they like, they open it up and they check out the inside. And so I thought I need to make sure, you know, that I have a product that 360 inside and out I, I'm proud of. And that took a lot of trial and error because when you're working with leather, you know, um, it's kind of a hard thing to do to make sure that inside and out that it looks, you know, the part. And um, so I guess with every single email that I got about, would you want to send us products for this shoot? And um, well, when do you need them? Like next week, could you send us five? And I'm like, oh, man. whoa, like, cause I didn't keep a lot in stock then. And mostly it was just custom orders. So guess what I did? I said, yeah, of course I can. And I stayed up all night long, you know, building day in and day out until it was two days before it was time to ship them. And I paid for overnighting, you know, and um, I, I took every single opportunity that I could to get my name out there because I thought this is free publicity. Why not? You know? Wow. So it seems like there's a lot of things you learned at school and even through your internship too at the Fort Worth Stockyards that you were able to translate into what you're doing now. Yes, ma'am. Whenever I switched to mer merchandising, I took um, a sustainability class. And I feel like, you know, in the fashion industry, it's really important that we stay aware in that. And so with that, with what I learned, um, a huge thing was like fast fashion is ruining the planet and how can we help that? How can we be, um, res you know, responsible, I guess, designers and the way that that coordinates to what I do now is creating an emotional attachment to things. And, um, there's several different ways that you can do that as, as a designer or as a retailer. And, um, one of those ways is visual merchandising because, um, as we all know, internet sales are huge and that's the way that the world's moving. But how can we stay relevant as, you know, a retailer or someone at a trade show trying to physically sell things? And that's creating an experience when people are shopping. And um, so that's one way to create an emotional attachment to an item is to say, I love this because of the experience that, you know, I remember just like all of what Paul Huska is, is an experience. I mean, the, the, the Merc and, and every other merchant, it, it just, you have a feeling when you, when you come to Paul Huska. And so that was something that I really wanted to tie into what I do now. And, and another way to do that is to, you know, the, the custom things, the custom pieces, because people want to feel like they were a part of that designing process. So that's an important takeaway. I feel like, and um, I, I took a lot of classes like to help me create my own website and um, the different Adobe classes that helped me design my own logo. And like, it is all me from head to toe. You know, I didn't really contract anything out, which now I think, man, you could have slept a lot longer <laughs> if you would have done that. But I, I feel like like I said, that God really led me down the path. And I really didn't know what I was doing at the time, because if you would have asked me, you know, when you grow up, you're going to make handbags and you're going to make a go at it. I would have said, you're crazy. So, um, 
I, I feel like with the, the combination of design and then the more business merchandising things, it was just meant to be. Yeah. It's crazy how as entrepreneurs, we, we kind of have to be jacks of all trades. Yes. <laughs> yes got it. You have to do it all. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, what are some of your favorite pieces or collaborations that you've gotten to work on? Um, my favorite pieces have been those of late because I, f I feel like my craftsmanship is at a point right now where I'm really confident in it. And, um, you know, starting out, everybody is you know, learning and figuring out what their look is. And right now, um, my medicine bags are my favorite. It's actually what I carry. And um, I love uh, the wristlets that I make and um, tote bag. I, uh, the medicine bags is, is my favorite. So, so. Very fun. Where do you get your inspiration from? I would say where I get my inspiration from is um, antique styles, I think, and then um, recreating them in my own way to make them current. And like just the textiles and leathers themselves, I feel like speak to me. Um, that's another thing, like with my degree, I took textile classes and um, I, I don't buy my leather online. I go to the leather store and I spend hours in them and I have to touch and feel every single piece to make sure that it is the quality that I want for my bags. And um, then when I get them home and I put them next to vintage serapes that I've collected or um, Turkish rugs or um, just a lot of the things that I've spent hours and hours researching, um, then they they kind of just pull together and, and it comes to my mind exactly what I want to do. So you kind of surround yourself with the things that, you know, inspire you. Yes. And it comes out. Yeah, exactly. It really does. And it's, I've kind of been that way my whole life. I've made my own accessories, like from the time that I can remember things like textiles just speak to me. So I love that. Well, I'm curious, you are a stay-at-home mom and you have this amazing business. How do you manage all of this and out of your home? Well, um, we, we knew that we wanted to have kids and that was, of course, a, a basis around me starting this and making sure that, um, you know, I was doing something that I could raise my children at home and that sounds wonderful. That sounds perfect, like butterflies should be flapping when I say that. But whenever it all comes together, uh, it's not so perfect, you know. And I would say that the best the, the best advice that I can get is make sure that you have a routine and make sure that you know that it's okay if it's chaos at first. You know, I whenever I first brought my daughter home, she had food allergies, and so it was a constant it was constant colicking and. Uh, I hadn't just really been around a whole lot of kids. So I was like, this isn't how I pictured it. You know, <laughs> I'm supposed to be making handbags with you in your playpen, looking over at me, grinning, you know, and it was not at all like that. And, um, you know, my mom just kept telling me, hang in there, you know, it's going to get easier. And I um, strapped her to me when she was five weeks old and I went out to my shop and I did um, as much as I could in a day. And every day it seemed like it got a little bit more and a little bit more until now my business is better than it ever has been. And so I would say for moms who feel like they're at that point of why did I do this? This isn't going to work. Hang in there because God's going to bless you. You know, you're doing what's right for your family and what's right for you 
and um, you're going to find your groove. You know, you will. Yeah. What advice would you have for somebody starting out as a creative entrepreneur? I would say be authentic and true to yourself. Um, it it's so well, there's so many different you know bag makers out there and and silversmiths out there. It's so important to be you and to sell that. Um, I, I, with my bags being so done on the inside and the outside, that's great that they're a good product, but the the issue with that is, is a lot of people look at them and think that they're factory made. And so I really have to focus on marketing myself and my story. I'm a ranch wife. I made these, you know, and so whenever I'm speaking to my followers on Facebook or Instagram, or I'm at a trade show, I am really personal about it. You know, I never say we here at Lantana made because that's an illusion. It's me, you know, and it's okay to just be you. And it's okay to say, you know, this is a one woman show and, and I'm doing it. And, um, so that's what I would say is, is be authentic to yourself and, um, you be confident in that. Like what I was saying about, um, marketing me and being personal to me, I experienced a, a lady that came into my booth at a trade show. This actually was last fall. And, um, she said, oh, man, I didn't know that you that Lantana Made was going to be here. I just bought a handbag at a different booth, and had I known, I would have came here. And I was like, oh, it's okay. You know, look around. Feel free to, you know, touch and feel, look inside my normal spiel. And um, she said, so are you, their, um, are you their sales rep? And I was like, no, ma'am. I'm Emily Myers. I uh, made, you know, I design these. I, I do what, I do it all. It's one woman show. And she was like, no way. And I said, yeah. She said, well, I custom ordered a bag from you two years ago. And I literally thought who I was speaking to was just like a sales rep representative and that, you know, these are kind of assembly line made. And I was like, no, no, that <laughs> this is me. And my mom was, my mom was sitting there. She's my, my biggest advocate, especially at these trade shows. She was like, no man, like she does this all, you know, she, she, uh, has created this product. And, um, I, it, at that moment it was like, what am I doing wrong? Like, I really need to make sure that people know that even though it's such a finished product, that it is a hundred percent handmade by me. And and people love that. They love that, you know, you spit, that one person came up with this in their head. They they don't have a leather cutter. They don't, you know, because a lot of bigger, bigger bag companies have, like, someone who lays the patterns out on leather and, like, you know, they, they everybody has their own job. And, and that's awesome, too. There's, you know, nothing, nothing wrong with that. But um, – when someone realizes that this is one person from start to finish, that's just a really neat thing. And it's ever more popular right now. And it's nothing to be ashamed of to be a very small business. That's great. Well, what's your favorite thing about this business? I think my favorite thing about this business is the people and the community behind it. Um, I, I love that I build bags and I love that I'm in the fashion industry but I don't just want to be known for that. Like I want to to make sure that Lantana Made is reaching, I guess, more hearts than just shoulders. And um, so whenever I feel like you know there's a crisis, like the recent floods 
you know, and you hear about horse barns that were completely demolished and, and horses died, you know, in that flooding and, and cattle being swept down a river and um, just understanding the impact of those ranchers' lives because of the disasters. Like, I it, I feel for it and I, I want to reach out and I feel like the platform that bags have given me and the followers that I've created through that, I'm able to reach them, you know, and, and say, you know, we need to pull together and we need to help. And the awesome thing in the ranching world is that we do, we do pull together and we help each other. And, and to me, that's awesome. Absolutely. I love that. Well, what's next for you and Lantana made? Well, um, as for right now, I, I feel like I'm at a place where my online sales are doing really well and uh, I'm going to keep trucking and right n- like this year, I've re- this year and last year, I've really slowed down on trade shows because, you know, my daughter's only 16 months old. And so next year, that's going to speed up again. I'll I'll hit more trade shows and um, eventually way off in the future, I would love to own my own brick and mortar store. And my vision is like half my shop and half, you know, a retail space. That's what I would love to do one day. Do you do any wholesale right now? I do not. I did. Um, but like I said, whenever I had my daughter, I really kind of had to prioritize. Yep. And so I am not right now. And I don't really know if I'll ever start it up again. I could, but as of right now, no. Well, I'm excited about this brick and mortar thing. That sounds <laughs> like a lot of fun. <laughs> I, I would love for it to happen one day. Yeah. Well, how do we follow along and keep up with new designs coming out and different things um, you have going on? The best place is my Facebook page, um, Lantana Made, and um, th- that's where I share, you know, personal stories about my life and and um, all the new designs and stuff. So I have an Instagram too, but I would say um, my Facebook page is the best place. Okay, great. Well, we'll we'll link to that in the show notes. Okay. Emily, thanks so much for being on the podcast. This has been great. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Well, I love that Emily's craftsmanship is so good that she has to be intentional about telling people she makes these bags out of her home on the ranch. And that was some great advice on the importance of marketing herself and her story. Huge thanks to Emily for being on the podcast and be sure to go check out the show notes for links to her products and social pages. And thanks to you for tuning in. We'll be back next week. Have a great day, everybody.